0: Wednesday, January 26, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, we witnessed an unbelievable divisional round of playoff football in the NFL this this past weekend. Uh, We're seeing some pretty amazing work from your boy, Joe L.M.B., As he continues to dominate, we're seeing unbelievable from the Flyers if they've lost 13 in a row. Speaking of unbelievable, uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame has selected the class of 2022. And, Chet, unbelievable again, show number 375 for Philly Press Box Radio. We got plenty to talk about yeah congrats to us 375 bill hey i
1: have no comment on the flyers except i just don't know how you can continue to watch them it's very depressing that whenever i turn them on the other team is about to score a goal it seems so we'll get to that i guess we have to um we're gonna have some fun though we'll talk about the baseball hall of fame i know you're excited about that you're uh, not real thrilled about how they voted this year nah. and speaking of fun though the nfl playoff games over the weekend yeah they were incredible all four of them, Joel and B doing some amazing things for the Sixers. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, no Sixer has done some of the things he's doing since Wilt Chamberlain, almost single handedly keeping them in contention. We will talk a lot about Joel, of course. Uh, let's get it going.
0: Well, we've got a great guest tonight, the Bucks County Courier Times sports columnist, Tom Moore, back to talk to us tonight. Uh, talk all things Philly sports.
1: Yeah, it's always great when Tom joins us. He is all over the situation with the Sixers. And the Eagles and
0: whatever else we want to
1: discuss with Tom. So let's do it.
0: Let's do it. Let's welcome Tom Moore back to Philly Press Box Radio. Tom, welcome. Always plenty to talk about.
2: That's for sure. Thanks for having me for the I don't even know what is this, like the fourteenth time or something. Sixteenth, Tom. You 16. are sixteen. I know it you're was a lot. The, wow, you're in the top. You guys five. must be, You guys get desperate a lot. I guess, huh?
0: <laughs> Three hundred seventy-five
2: runs, Tom. How about
0: that? Yeah, thanks, Tom. Uh, I can't wait to get
1: your thoughts on Joel Embiid as well as a certain other sixer whose name I'm not going to mention right now. Let's talk football first. However, you're almost as old as Bill and me, almost. But can you remember an NFL playoff weekend at all similar to what we just saw Saturday and Sunday? I mean, four great games. That's part one of the question. Part two, how far are the Eagles away from competing with those kind of quality teams?
2: Yeah, I mean, what, three games were decided on a field goal, and the fourth was a walk-off touchdown. Like, yeah. uh, you know, last play. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, we have to pick against the spread, and I got three of the four games wrong. But, like, <laughs> I, I could have gotten all four right, all four wrong, really. The, they were so incredible. I mean, y- they really were. I mean, I normally watch the Sixers quite a bit. I barely watched any of the game against the Spurs because <laughs> – the bill, you know, the Bills Chiefs was one of the best games I've seen, yeah. probably the best game I've seen since the Eagles Super Bowl. Really, I mean, that, that was an incredible game, just unbelievable, and and the way they moved the ball, you know, all the touchdowns in the last two minutes of regulation, you know, it was, it was, it had like four great endings in regulation, and that just, oh, that just, uh, you know, that just uh, moved things on to overtime. But I think, and it's a knee jerk reaction, but It just seems like these teams are at another level, you know, in, in numerous ways, speed wise, receiver wise, and let's be honest, quarterback wise. I mean, you know, they have, um, I mean, Joe Burrow is very young, but these guys are doing things and hitting, you know, third receivers and doing things that Jalen Hurts just hasn't been able to do yet. And maybe with his progressions, more time and so on, you know, he'll get there. But to me, that's the biggest difference is that you, you just saw plays and throws and back shoulder things. And, you know, that are like, wow, you know, I haven't seen that, you know, in Philly for uh, a number of years, uh, to be fair. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was kind of leading the pack
0: last week as far as uh, the poor product that the NFL put on the field on the, the in the wild card weekend, they sure made up for it this weekend with those games Um but, you know, I, I guess what I was going to go to, and you, you touched on it, I can't see the Eagles on the field with any of those teams we saw this weekend.
2: No, it just seems like in so many, you know, they have playmakers on defense, forcing turnovers, uh, you know, just so many things that these teams did that we haven't seen from the Eagles, certainly on a consistent basis and sometimes really haven't seen at all. And that being said, you know, this is a team that went nine and eight. I think I thought they'd be seven and ten. And I thought that almost might be generous, to be honest with you, with all the needs and a new coach and a new coordinator and, you know, a, a, a first-year full-time starting quarterback. Um, so, yeah, it's it, I mean, clearly it shows you some of the holes that they need to address and whether they can do it with, you know, ten picks in the draft, three first-rounders, Uh, They have some have some cap space now with Brandon Brooks retiring and, you know, having Wentz's contract off the off the books and so on. But it seems like they need quite a bit, you know, to to be talked about in that same breath as any of those eight teams. Well, let's talk
1: about that uh, second-year quarterback who's apparently going to be back as a starter next year. That's how he says anyway. Of course, you know, if somebody wants to make an offer and have Russell Wilson come to Philly, I'm sure they'd consider that. Deshaun Watson's still out there. But we think Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy. What are your impressions of him? How far is he away from, you know, being a guy
2: who can be a pretty good quality starting quarterback? I mean, he he's got some of the elements, you know, certainly – Arm, I would say arm strength is not one of his, uh, you know, best qualities. And, you know, that's why when you, you know, you look at what Tampa did, they put eight guys in the box and they, they knew the Eagles were going to try to run the ball and the Eagles would have trouble throwing the ball down the field. And that's what made it so difficult, you know, to move the ball on the box because they had so many guys close to the line of scrimmage and were prepared for what the Eagles you know, did. Um, I I think he still runs. He still gives up too early on good, clean pockets, you know, where he wants to make a play and he runs rather than wait another, you know, split second or full second, allow or maybe a receiver will break open or come back to the ball or whatever like that. He's still trying to make too many plays with his legs, which is a very common thing for young quarterbacks because they don't want to get sacked, um, you know, so that they'd rather take off. But that also doesn't allow your receivers some of the certainly deeper routes to develop But by the time, you know, Goddard 25 yards downfield and turning around Hertz is running around the right end, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I mean, you know, I, I, I think he's got, I, I think he's a good leader. I, I, I think he's got, you know, I think he's got um, some qualities that if he can continue to develop and, and honestly, this is not a big year good year for quarterbacks coming out of the draft. So I don't blame him in that respect. My personal opinion is I would try to trade one of the three first rounders for a second one in 2023, essentially give him another year to see what he has, hopefully get him a decent veteran receiver that he can count on, you yeah. know, some more playmakers they need on offense. And give them a fair shot this year. The offensive line was pretty good, but other than that, it's hard to say a lot of things were really, really good on this team. And then you you give them 17 games next year, and you see what happens. And then this time in, you know, 2023, you have a better idea. And and supposedly, they're projecting, you know, a better quarterback class then. You have two picks, your own pick, plus, you know, one of the – if you trade one of the ones for 2022. And I think that's reasonable on all counts Cause I think he's done enough to show that there's a chance he could be the guy. It, it's certainly far from certain, you know, but there's a chance he could be your guy. And I think it's, you know, I also think they'll bring somebody in may, probably, maybe not a Russell Wilson, but a veteran or somebody who could conceivably start. So at least there's some sort of a competition, you know, in training camp, even though you would think Hertz is the guy.
0: Well, Tom, I, I'm, Troubled by the the leaked video, I'll call it a leaked video of uh, the Tampa Bay defensive back coach telling his his players that the quarterback can't read. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but it, it's out yeah. there. Uh, yeah, it did. That, that troubles me because you know there's only so much you can learn in the film room, and it's got to be real time, real speed to actually see these things. I'm not sure there's a lot of time now in the off for Jalen Hurts to to learn that. So if I'm the defensive coordinator against them next year, I'm doing everything I can to confuse this young guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I think we saw this year at times where there were receivers open at the one time specifically late in the season. And when the reporters asked them about it, Hertz said, that's not in my progressions. You know, like there are four receivers, and basically there's one guy or two guys that I'm never going to get to, at least at this point. And I think defenses and safeties know – Hertz is big on looking right, looking right, throwing the ball there. And that's what safeties do. They read the eyes. They jump on the ball. Um, and I think that's something, again, that can be developed. But he needs to have protection. He needs to not be uh, relying on his legs to take off. Uh, McNabb changed. McNabb, I thought, almost went too far the other way, where he scrambled a lot early. And then late in his career, he was going to stand in the pocket, you know, Come hell or high water, it didn't matter. He was going to wait and wait and wait. And I think there's a happy medium there where you know you you can do you can do both. But the NFL is a copycat league. When somebody has success and they figure something out, everybody's going to know it. So you need to change the narrative, and you need to uh, improve so that that isn't an issue going forward.
1: Well, Tom, as I put up the list of the Eagles' free agents heading into the off season, we don't have to talk about every single one, but. Who are the key guys to bring back? We don't know for sure about Jason Kelsey. We hope he's coming back, certainly. He's still playing at a very high level. But some of these other guys on the list, you know, who do you think they need to bring back? Who might they let go? I hope they bring Rodney McLeod back and, you know, uh, Boston Scott, certainly. What do you say about this list?
2: Well, if you look, there's three of the four starters in the secondary this year. The only, you know, there's McLeod, um, there's Harrison, Stephen Nelson, the only guy. Um, you know, is the Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl cornerback Darius Slay is the only guy under contract for next year. Now you have a young kid McPherson. You have some other guys that played. Avante Maddox was the nickel guy. Could he possibly be an every down guy? You know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure about that, but he certainly would be in the mix. Yeah, to me, Kelsey is by far the most important, and I know he's 34, but just what he does on that offensive line, how he calls out the, you know, the. Who's blocking who? The the blocking assignments, the way he blocks downfield, and, and just what a leader he is on and off the field. I would guess they'll probably move a Landon Dickerson over to center would be their plan, unless they draft somebody to do that. You know that that would be the plan going forward. But to me, he is you know he is just so good and, and helps them in so many and so respected by his teammates. Um, you know. Derek Barnett was disappointing. I, I think that's a guy – I think that's a guy that I wouldn't – you know, I would think yeah. there's a good chance he goes. There's there's some people that you can – Ryan Kerrigan, you never saw him, except in that playoff game. And then the he a back in the half. It was like he rested for 18 <laughs> weeks, and then, like, he was – you know, he was Superman all of a sudden, you know, or, uh, or Popeye with his spinach or something. I'm not sure what it was exactly. But, yeah, there will definitely be some changes. You know, McLeod, I really – Wonderful. They have a lot of great guys. Brandon Brooks is a wonderful man. Interesting guy. Um, You know, he just retired, but you turn the pay, you know, he's 31. he will be, he will be 32 by the start of next season. You know, it, it's, there's changes and it. You know, how much money would it cost if they do a good, that's why it's so good, important to draft well, because you get these guys locked up for four years and you need to fill in. The Phillies are the same thing. They're not developing guys. So they have to go out and pay guys, either sign them as free agents or trade for them, because they may only have theoretically one starter of the eight, assuming they play this year, that was drafted by the Phillies. So that's a huge problem because you got to fill in all these holes. And the Eagles are the same way. They need these two or you know, two first rounders, second rounder, et cetera, to develop and be starters immediately, if not late in the first season, and be regulars for years. So you have really good young players you, you can grow at a reasonable. Annual salary. Yeah,
0: and and the other area to me, uh, the defensive line. None of those guys, other than Barnett, are on the well, on Kerrigan, I guess. But Fletcher Cox. Uh, you know, it looks like his ship has sailed. I think I, I'm not sure how long he's under contract, but uh, you know, they've tried to build this team for years on the offensive and defensive lines, and uh, that defensive line is is in a little bit of trouble. I think.
2: No, I agree. Cox really was kind of exposed whether that's the word that he's not the player he was two or three years ago. And everybody knows he wasn't even the the main guy. I think that other teams worried about, you know, on that interior line, Hargrave is, you know, it was picked as an alternate to the the pro bowl and he's going to play now due to injury, Uh, you know, not Fletcher Cox. So uh, yeah. Well, that's the old, how much dead money's left. if, If he goes, how much do we have, you know, they have to figure, you know, those things out. And the fact that they considered trading him at the deadline, too, that would have been unheard of a couple of years ago. So that really tells you something about what's going on there.
0: Yeah, and, and then you have the Brandon Graham situation as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, terrific player, but, you know, that's an injury that at that age, you know, with all that experience, if you lose a little bit as an end rushing the passer, that, that makes a big, big difference. So you, you just don't know. And they have a lot of guys in that, you know, early 30s that they think hope can still play, but you know, the, then how much are they going to make and, and how does it affect the cap, et cetera, et cetera. They have some difficult decisions to make.
1: Got to be an interesting offseason for sure. Uh, Tom, let's switch and talk some hoops. Sixers, Joel Embiid, he has been amazing lately. The last four games, 38 or more points, 12 or more rebounds, 30-plus points in 15 of the last 16 games. Is this the best you've seen any Sixer play over you know, a month stretch or so? you know, in the time you've been covering the team?
2: Possibly to probably. The only two I could think of were Barkley early in my career and Iverson were the only other two guys I could think of that would have come close to this kind of production. But the last four games, you know, 42 and a half points per game, 40 or more, three of the last four games. You know, his assists are up. He's making better decisions finding Mm -hmm. his teammates. When they single cover him, he just attacks the rim. Hitting those mid-range shots with that touch, um, yeah. I mean, they're 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 sixth in the East, but they're only two games out of first. And, and he's playing in a lot more games than he did last year. If he continues at this level, and they can say finish second or third in the East, you know, I think he's got a real shot to be the MVP. I was always told early in my career that MVP stand in the NBA stands for most victories produced. It's not the best player, and you know the fact that Kevin Durant's hurt you know, that there's some injuries and so on um, that are happening uh, to other key players, guys that could could conceivably be MVPs. And he's played, and I think it's 19 games in a row, which I think is the longest stretch of his career. Now he, he will not play in every game the rest of the year. Um, And I thought they might sit him against new Orleans just because new Orleans was without its top five players and is not a very good team to begin with, but he wants to keep playing and, and he's their meal ticket. I mean, They've had trouble beating some bad teams. And if not for him, you know, they, they, it would not have, ha- you know, clearly would not have happened. He is mm-hmm. the pro- progress is he's made. And the thing that impressed me the most was that game in, in San Antonio, Sunday night, end of the first half, they run a pick and roll with Maxie and him before they start to play. He looks in the left corner and sees Charlie Brown. He yells at Cork to switch with Charlie Brown, go in the left corner. They run a pick and roll. Maxi throws to Embiid, and beat drives kicks it out to cork who hits a three hmm. and that's asking a lot for Maxie, who's 21 to do that but i haven't seen him be do that and they've been asking and saying you know you're a leader you're the best player on this team you're the franchise cornerstone and i thought that was a huge that that was a a, a big thing and he's doing that more he's being much more vocal he's taking responsibility he came in the locker room at halftime uh, uh tuesday night when you know they were they were losing uh to the, to a team, you know, to an Orleans team that was just decimated by injury and said, you know, I wasn't into it. It was my fault. And he was, he was kind of coasting in the first half and then he really got it going in the second half. It just unstoppable. And they rode him to another victory. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: Tom, I've, uh, I've vowed that I'm not going to say that other guy's name on this show ever again. You can just uh, say
2: 25 if you want. And well, we'll, know well you're we know who we're about talking
0: that. about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are they going to do with this guy? Uh, we they got? Are they going to make a trade deadline move and get less uh, because they're in the hunt? Or, you know, do you just have to hold on to your guns here and not give them away?
2: It's very interesting because, you know, there's a segment of the fan base, and I understand it, saying Embiid is playing so well and they don't have enough to win now. If you bring you know, a really good wing in uh, a, a wing player, a guy who can defend wings, who can score and shoot, and you know, do some, do some things that they desperately need and maybe another bench player and get a first round pick for him. You know, why not do it? The Embiid needs help. And I understand that, but I think Maury's after the big fish. I really think for Maury, it's Harden is his first choice. And then I think Lillard and Beal, Beale, but I, Beal opted out. He did he didn't pick up his, his, uh, He did not pick up his player option, but I think he's going to return to Washington. So to me, it's Harden or it's Lillard. And there's no guarantee that, you know, that the Blazers are going to trade Damian Lillard. So I I think Harden is his guy. And I don't think you're going to get him because I think they want to make a run during the regular season, even if he wants if he's not going to pick up his player option. And I think so. I think it's if they want Harden or a star, they're not going to get one at the level that Morty would like by February 10th. So, All right, so,
1: yeah, the trade deadline is coming up. If they do wait till the offseason to move number 25, do you think they might make some other kind of deal before the 10th that would give them at least a better shot of
2: advancing through the playoffs? I would think and hope so. Now, last year, you know, they acquired George Hill, who was a veteran, had a lot of playoff experience, and he was very disappointing in the yeah. Hawks series. Couldn't make shots, and their bench really struggled. I would think they at least try to add another bench piece, maybe a guy who can... You know whether it's a wing or a combo guard who can create shots you know help out i, I just think their bench is not good enough for Kork, on corkmas is not good enough isaiah joe at this point is not good enough um these guys are not reliable playoff players on a team that's hoping to win a championship um to me so i think they're good he's if he if he doesn't if more he doesn't this fan base is really going to be upset because they already want, you know, a, a strong segment wants, a, a you know, a star, you know, the, the trade John Collins, Cam Reddish and the number one from Atlanta to the Sixers, you know, for Simmons, I thought was a pretty reasonable deal. Mm-hmm. Supposedly okay. what happened, according to Keith Pompey and the Inquirer, and I heard the same thing, was at the last minute, Maury says, well, you got to take Tobias Harris, too. And, you know, there's how you're going to add 36 more million dollars there and you're going to have to send it to another team. It gets so complicated, whereas that other trade worked numbers wise. But a lot of the guys they've been they've been offered are power forwards. And that's Tobias Harris's best position. And he doesn't want redundancy. And Tobias Harris is not ideal as a three. Mm -hmm. So there is an issue there in terms of what's available is what you have, albeit your most, you know, your highest paid player. So. Um, I would expect a smaller deal. But my sense is, unless somebody comes through with a really good offer or Maury is convinced that maybe Harden is a pipe dream, it's not going to happen or something happens to let let him know that Harden's maybe going to planning to stay with the Nets, which it sounds like is not the case. But, um, you know, I would not expect a major deal involving the former, the number one pick out of LSU a few years ago, who's six foot ten, who remains nameless.
0: There you
2: go. Are, are they are they a
0: better team if they toss Tobias Harris into a deal and and try to go down the stretch without him
2: also? Well, I don't know that they're a better team, Bill, but I think if they get a power forward in return, um, in one of these trades, uh, Sabonis or whatever, there's a lot of like I said, John Collins, these other guys who are power forwards. I don't know if that makes it. The them better because they just have they have two of the same guy and it's hard to to manage that you know like I said you don't want to their weakness right now is a starting three whether it's Thibault or Green when he gets healthy that's their weakest spot in their starting five but they're they're very small I, I I did a piece that's online that went online today they're last in the league in rebound and the biggest reason is they went from a six ten starting point guard. To a six-two starting point guard in Tyrese Maxey, it's nothing against Tyrese Maxey, but their differential in rebounding is five this year. They were plus three last year. They're minus two this year. That's a big difference. I mean, that's when it comes in close games. You know, that's multi, You know, that's four or five less possessions you have, or the the other team has more. You know, if it's all if it's at their offensive end, so they are small. So they don't want like De'Aaron Fox makes no sense to me. De'Aaron Fox to me is Tyrese Maxey except Tyrese Maxey makes like 10% of what he makes is a better defender and a better three-point shooter. De'Aaron Fox is fast and can score, but he's 6'2", he's undersized, he's not a good defender, and he's not a good three-point shooter. So a lot of these guys that are out there don't really seem to make sense for the Sixers. They need, there's certain, what they need is a six, uh, Tyrese Halliburton would be excellent Uh you know, if they, to me, if they could get him from the Kings, he's the guy I want more than anybody. He's a six-five guy who can play both guard positions, can initiate the offense, uh, is a good defender, is a good three-point shooter, um, has a lot of upside. is still young, but is but is a viable player right now. Uh, but I I think if it comes down to Halliburton, which I don't know if you can get him or not, I think Maury still would rather go for the big fish, and then it's he's all in. You better win the next two or three years if if Harden comes here. Because in four years, he's going to be making almost $60 million when he's 37 years old. Hmm. So that's not ideal.
1: I hear you. Hey, Tom, uh, before we let you run, let me get your picks. Who do you like this Sunday in the two NFL conference championship games? Any upsets?
2: Boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so t- I know the 49ers have had a good, tr- really good track record against the Rams. have done really well. But the way the Rams are playing... Um, We have to pick with the paper against the spread. It makes it a little easier, but still. Um, uh, You know what? I'll take the Rams, but I will go out on a limb. Just to be different, I'll say I, I really like what the Bengals have done. I don't know if they're quite ready for the Chiefs yet. But I'll say I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati uh, wins wins that game. And keeping with how crazy the playoffs have been, and so on. I mean, Chiefs were very, very lucky to beat the Bills. And I think you can argue the Chiefs and the Bills are the two best teams in the NFL. I think you can make a pretty good case for that.
0: Agreed. I'm with you.
2: Well, Tom, as always, we appreciate you coming
0: by. Uh, Always good information. Thank you for trip number sixteen to Philly Press Box Radio.
2: Sure. Uh, You can read my stuff on Twitter at Tom Moore Philly. Absolutely. Sure. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thanks, Tom.
0: All right, Chet. It's cold up there and your couch is probably getting more mileage than your car. It's time for you to start saving with Allstate's Pay-As-You-Go Auto Insurance.
1: You know it, Bill. Allstate's Pay-As-You-Go Auto Insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay per mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay per mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, Pennsylvania. That is Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610 430 0700. Once again, 610 430 0700 and start to save more now that you are driving less. Hey, everybody, it's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Hey, we haven't seen Willie for a while. Willie's back. He's got some shows coming up, too, and I think one in March and one in the summer. So uh, Willie's still going strong.
0: Absolutely. Well, hey, Chet, Baseball Hall of Fame has named their class of 2022. David Ortiz is that guy, the only selection. Uh, I'm just going to start this out by saying the selection's a joke, my friend. (laughs) Jimmy Rollins and Bobby Abreu do live another day for another ballot. Uh, Ryan Howard comes off the ballot as he did not receive enough votes to stay on. Um, so we have Dick Allen, who does not get in. We have all the big, big boys, Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, Schilling, Arod. None of them get in. Uh, what do you make of it? <laughs> Oh, this is going to be an interesting conversation.
1: I'm going to put up the numbers for you right now as far as uh the voting this year. Yeah, David Ortiz, the only guy who got the 75% Bonds and Clemens on their final year on the, you know, recent players ballot did not get in. So, they're going to have to wait at least 5 years and then hope that, you know, a lot of their uh former teammates and guys that they played against we'll decide that it was okay that they, you know, took the PED. So we'll see how that goes. It's just crazy, Bill. You know, there's a lot of politics involved. You know that Ortiz was good with the media. So that probably swayed a lot of people to vote for him. Whereas a lot of the media people are not ready to forgive the other guys who abused the PEDs like bonds, like Clemens, like Manny Ramirez, like a rod. So Yeah, they're certainly not voting on what the guys did on the field alone. You know that.
0: Yeah, well, and I I think, you know, I I have no real love for Bonds or Clemens or whatever to get in. But if you're going to put somebody in, you got to put them all in. And no one, David Ortiz tested positive. Uh, I mean, it's a fact. So you've now put him in. He's not the player Alex Rodriguez is or was as first ballot Hall of Famers. Not even close. Rodriguez gets 34% and Ortiz gets in. Uh, and Clemens and Bob, uh, Bonds and uh, Sosa, who double cheated because he played with the cork bat too. Yeah. Uh, but they can't get in after 10 years. I mean, it's a farce. It really is. It is. I think it was Ray Dinger on the
1: radio today was talking about the fact that, you know, we could be taking grandkids or their kids, you know, in 30 years to the Baseball Hall of Fame, and they'll see that baseball's all-time hit leader is not in, baseball's all-time home run leader is not in, baseball's uh, pitcher with the most Cy Youngs is not in. For whatever reason, all of these guys are not in the hall. So it's just, it's kind of crazy, you know? And
0: Harold Baines is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. I really, you know, and, and I, it kind of it kind of goes back. I think I think this, to me, uh, really sheds light on the Dick Allen thing. Um, you know, Minnie Minosa and those guys, Jim Cott, good guys, um, border borderline Hall of Famers at best. Dick Allen, probably a borderline Hall of Famer in the fact that he just didn't play long enough. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his stat line, 351 home runs, I believe it is, uh, you know, you, you might say that's a borderline, borderline guy. But those other guys got in, Dick Allen did not get in. And and here we have the exact same thing because Clemens and Boggs and Schilling aren't liked by the media. They're in A-Rod. They're not in. And David Ortiz is. It's it's just a joke.
1: Yeah. And as I put up the numbers again, you know, I really thought that uh, J Roll would do better in terms of uh, the votes. He got what, 9%? Yeah, 9.4%. I didn't expect him to get in, certainly not in the first year, but I thought he might be up closer to, you know, 20, 25%. But no, Bobby Abreu right in the same area, eight and a half, eight point six 8.6%. And frankly, I thought Ryan Howard would get a little more support, only eight votes and, you know, 2%. So that's why he's not going to be on there anymore. And we know the story with uh, Schilling, so, you know, he's done probably forever, I think. So uh,
0: tough luck for the former Phils. Yeah, well, and if you look at that list, the top three or three of the top four come off, uh, it, it would almost make one think that Scott Rowland would be a lock for next year, uh, you know, if he were to pick up any of those votes along the way. And again, another guy who is a, a fine player but I'm not seeing Scott Rowland as a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's another borderline guy too. I, I if I had a
1: vote, I don't know that I would vote for him. I think I would vote for Jimmy Rollins ahead of Scott Rowland, but that's
0: just me. Yeah. Well, interesting to see it. Uh, there, there are a lot of people that aren't happy about this whole thing, uh, whether it means anything or not. It just, it just goes to show. And even the writers that voted for the, these guys, are saying we blew it, you know, we yeah. blew it as a group. We blew it. And, uh, you know, like I say, it's uh, certainly not that we can fix. It's uh, I got no, I have no horse in the game, you know, in the race, but it's just, uh, you know, it's kind of troubling that you put one guy in for one reason and leave the other guys out for the same reason. Yeah. I really thought that bonds
1: and Clemens might get in this year since it was their last year on this ballot for quite a while so i thought maybe people would say okay you've been punished long enough now it's your last chance in this era and uh we'll put you in but i guess not Not and i I think
0: i think i don't have the numbers right in front of me but i think they both only went up like maybe two percent from last year
1: Hmm. basically the
0: same guys that voted for him last year voted for him this year yeah yeah oh well that's Uh, life uh, all right well hey chet um how did boot Bob Patrone Jr., you and I do on our picks of this upset weekend. And uh what are the standings? You got that smirk on your face already. I got a feeling like I'm not gonna like this.
1: <laughs> well, after going to perfect six and zero, oh, me wild card weekend, I did not quite have the same results, the same good fortune over the divisional playoffs weekend. Great games, but there will be no self- patting on the back (laughs) by me this week, Bill. I was 0-4. Yeah, I was 0-4. Yeah, that is hard to do, Bill, but I did it. Well, not this weekend. It wasn't (laughs) hard to do. I know. It's still extremely unlikely, though, that you or Boop will catch me, but there is that mathematical possibility anyway with just three games remaining in the postseason, but of course, that would depend on whom we selected so last weekend yeah i was on four you actually had the best weekend at two and two while boop was one and three uh still better than me so for the season now i am 56 and 30 just two games ahead of boop instead of three but i'm still three up on you bill so you're pretty much eliminated but you know well i'm not eliminated there's three left okay are you gonna pick three upsets because i'm not
0: maybe maybe okay All right. Well, let's get to it. Uh, Championship weekend. Cincinnati and Kansas City. The Chiefs are minus seven. San Francisco visits the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are minus three and a half. Who does Boop like? Well,
1: three underdogs managed to win last weekend. Will either road dog snag a win this weekend? Both games are on Sunday, by the way. Let's first see what Boop thinks.
3: As Warner Wolf used to say, Let's go to the videotape. Hey guys, here are my conference championship picks for this week. Brought to you by Splits Bar & Grill in Mapleshade, New Jersey on Route 73 South. Over the last 10 postseason games, the Chiefs are 8-0 against quarterbacks not named Tom Brady. Even if they weren't my second favorite football team on the planet, it'd be hard to go against them this week. Congrats to the 49ers for becoming the sixth number six seed to make it this far since 2008 previous five are 1-4 and in this round, with only the 2010 Packers getting through. So, it looks like for second consecutive year, we're going to have a home team playing in the Super Bowl. If you're thinking about laying the points for either favorite this week, I would strongly encourage it. I would also encourage you to come by Splits with me and watch the games on one of the 13 TVs in the bar. We had a great time last Sunday night with a packed house watching that last game. It was a lot of fun even if half the bar was rooting for the bills. Thanks guys. See you next week.
0: Thank you. Boo. Uh, okay. So
3: who do you like
1: jet? Well, you're not going to gain any ground guys. Sorry, unless you're going to surprise us bill. Cause I'm picking Kansas city and the Rams as well. Not just because, you know, I want to secure my lead, but I think the home teams are going to win this time around. I thought about maybe taking San Francisco because they have played the Rams tough They've been you know, playing very well, certainly lately, but I, I just think the Rams are too good a team. And I know Cincinnati beat Kansas city just uh, four weeks ago or whatever, but that, that's not, not going to happen this weekend at home. I think Andy Reed has that team raring to go. So I'm taking the two home teams, the chiefs and the Rams. You? Well, San
0: Francisco, I'm going to take, uh, in that game. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to maybe wrongfully go with this, uh, They played good defense. Now, the fact that it was zero degrees out might have had something to do with that, but I thought the 49ers' defense was played really well uh, in Green Bay. So I'm going to go, and and I was really impressed with Matthew Stafford. He played really well. Uh, But I'm going to go. i got to make up a game anyway. I'm going to go 49ers. Uh, I really like Joe Burrow. I really do, but I tell you, I can't. I can't not take the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't think, even though it's going to make me lose this little uh, thing we do. Have you ever seen a team, an offense, with so many fast guys? That's the fastest football team. Tyreek Hill looked like he was playing a video game. He's so fast.
1: Yeah, that that was amazing. That was fun to watch. And uh, we can talk about the whole overtime thing a little bit later in the show, and we will, but you know no matter who won that game those last couple of minutes of regulation and the minute or whatever that the overtime took were just so fascinating
0: so many back and forth plays and uh it was just amazing it, it, it really was it was, really was and you know another thing I'll just throw this out here I don't I think we're okay on our time yep. um you know I don't know if we're we're passing the torch from Tom Brady and and Aaron Rodgers to Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, you know, uh, you know the Ben Roethlisberger on the on the long end, you know, uh, but what tremendous Matthew Stafford, tremendous quarterback play we saw by all of them, you know, yeah, it, w- yeah. it was just amazing. And that's what makes a lot of Eagles fans <coughs>
1: wonder, boy, how can we compete with that with Jalen Hurts? Now, I mean, somebody put up the other day numbers that you know Hurts had in his second year versus the numbers of uh, what Allen had even in the second year and what uh, Peyton Manning had in the second year. Remember Manning in his first playoff game in 1999, they got blown out by the jets. I think it was like 41, nothing. So, you know, it, it's a growing process and maybe hurts will develop a whole lot more in year three. He made some progress, I think in year two, but he's going to need some help. Certainly they're going to have to continue to have a good offensive line and they're going to have to upgrade the wide receivers. So, Let's not give up on Jalen Hurts, but, yeah, I, I don't know that he's ever going to be in the class of Mahomes or Allen.
0: Well, and, and to give Hurts his due at, at this point, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes has Tyreek Hill. He's got Travis Kelsey. Um, I- Allen has Diggs. Uh, the, the guy who, Davis, came out of the woodwork for 200-some yards and four touchdowns. Uh, you know, the Eagles don't have those weapons at this point. So, it's not really fair to to compare Jalen Hurts at this time. The Eagles have to get better as a team. And the thing that that always worries me is the windows aren't always long. Uh, Jason Kelsey, Wayne Johnson, they're going to go, whether it's this year, next year, sometime soon. You know, those guys go. You've got to be replacing them. and, And it's a constant battle with salary cap and everything else. So, I'm not going to give up on Jalen Hurts yet at this point, but I I don't have him anywhere near the class of what we saw this weekend. Yeah, I agree. So this
1: next year is going to be hugely important for him and the Eagles organization. They're going to have to – I think he's going to get another year unless, like I said, one of these other quarterbacks, besides they do want to come to Philadelphia. I think Hurts is going to be the guy in 2022, and he's going to have to show that he can be the long-term guy, or I think they will make a move next offseason
0: yeah One well, one other comment on the quarterbacks jet how would you like to been you're matthew stafford and you're playing for the lions and you're jared goff and you're playing for the rams and you wake up and you've now switched teams <laughs> like jared goff had to be saying, oh my god and matthew stafford had to be saying oh my god yeah you know? <laughs> Yeah, cr- crazy stuff. Hey, uh, before we get off of this, let everyone know how they can follow up, follow Boop and everything that he has going on.
1: Boop contributes to the website, bettorsinsider.com. There's all kinds of betting info on there. And you can get a whole lot more from Boop on Twitter, at Boop Stats. That's at Boop Stats on
0: Twitter. All right. Hey, um, Chet, speaking of Hall of Fame, uh, we didn't discuss this yet because we just haven't really had the time. Eric Allen and Seth Joyner uh, did not make the final list for the Pro Football Hall of Fame that's uh, going to get whittled down one more time here in February. Uh, there's not an eagle on the ballot at this point, although Sam Mills is a finalist. Uh, no love for Allen and Joyner yet again. We will, we should have Dick Vermeil being inducted, but uh, no eagles. There's your final list.
1: Yeah, I'm getting the sense, Bill, that neither Allen nor Joyner are going to get the call to the hall ever. And that's a shame because, well, we've watched their careers. We've seen the numbers. Both are certainly deserving, in my opinion, anyway. But I don't have the power to convince the voters, unfortunately. So, yeah, what are you going to do? Great players, both Eric Allen and Seth Joyner, but probably going to be on the outside looking in.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I I always look at these, try to look these things in depth and maybe too in depth, but... uh... I saw a ton of Eric Allen, I saw a ton of Ronde Barber and my my eyes tell me that Eric Allen is a better player than Ronde Barber ever was uh, although Ronde Barber won a Super Bowl yeah. with with Tony Tony Dungy's team uh, which does have does
1: have weight. It does. So, you know, we'll see who gets in and you know hopefully uh, Dick Vermeil of course will as expected go in also with them this summer. And it'd be fun
0: if Sam Mills got in, uh, Glassboro State guy, now Rowan. uh, And he is – Philadelphia Stars. And the Philadelphia Stars, that's right. All right. Uh, Well, Jet, it comes that time we have to talk about the Flyers. (laughs) They've hit rock bottom. They've lost 13 in a row. Uh, I got my beer ready. They're they're 8 to 10 players short of injuries, COVID. This is a disaster. They tried to do a little PR work today. Uh, trying to convince the fans they're only three or four players away, yeah. uh, unless they're Gretzky, Lemieux, or and how <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know how they can really think we can
1: believe that. I don't know what to say anymore, Bill. A franchise record 13 straight losses now, as you know. I saw this, uh, somebody posted this on Facebook last night, and that's how <laughs> things are going for the Flyers these days. Uh, I don't know. They're still shorthanded. Yeah, but so are some other teams on the bright side. Keith Yandel just set an NHL Ironman record playing in 965 straight games. Very impressive. Uh, And that's about it for the bright side. Oh, and after the next couple of games, there will be an eight day break in the schedule. So, Thank goodness for that. That surrounds the February 8th All-Star Game out in Vegas. Giroux to represent the Flyers. There's that. And, all oh, they hired a new assistant coach. And, yeah, they met with the media today. Um, the uh, general manager, Chuck Fletcher, and Dave Scott from Comcast says he's not selling the team, which – disappointed a whole lot of people yeah, all right. and you know Fletcher did apologize for everything that's happened this season but yeah as you noted Dave Scott thinks yeah well it's just the injuries and the guys we've had out we're not that far away I think he's watching something other than what everybody else is watching
0: yeah it, it, it's rough and you know I you know I'm I'm the big Claude Giroux fan and uh man it it hurts to watch him out there he still works his tail off had another goal last night he's still not you know pretty close to a point a point of game playing in that mess um you know the, i i gotta think that the chances are becoming pretty slim of them re-signing him uh next year and maybe they even make a move here and let him let him get in a playoff push
2: somewhere
1: yeah and i noticed that the uh trade deadline in the nhl isn't until like mid-march this year yeah. which is i think very late but I think they're going to do something. They're probably going to, you know, sell off some of the older guys. Maybe Giroux, if he'll agree to it. We shall see. But, hey, there was this. The Flyers stink, Bill, but at least there's a new video game centered on... I have no idea what that's all about. Gritty snacks? I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, one, one other TV. thing I want to mention about the Flyers. You know, I've talked about this over the years about uh, the plus minus goals yeah. for, goals against. Uh, the Flyers are like a minus 46. Um, they've scored. They've only scored like 102 goals in 43 games or something like that. Just, you know, it, it's you're not winning anything that way, my friend. Yeah, it's tough to win
1: in today's NHL when you're not scoring. You know, three or four goals a night, and they're they're not doing it. On nights they get good goaltending, they can't seem to score. On games when they do score three or four, the goalie and the defense give up four or five. So, it's I just can't wait to get this season over, Bill. I hear you,
0: bro. <laughs> all right, well, let's go ahead and give a shout out to all our shows that will be live on the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. This network is growing Chet. It's uh, pretty crazy. This episode being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch catch them all on EOP sports, www.eopsports.com. Help us out by liking the follow, like, share buttons and all that. Share with your family and friends. As you can see, Broad Street Bully podcast, uh, Joey Sharon's Monday mailbag. That's a good one now. And, uh, Talking Sport, Philly Sports with Matty B. Jamie Basco will be on this week. Of course, we got ours. Uh, Tonight, Joey and Al on the 4 for 4 EOP Sports. Freddie taking a little break there. Thursday, Birds IQ, Kyle Quinn will have that one. Friday, podcast, Matt, well, Matty B will also be doing that. Uh, That's Fred's spot. Uh, We're covering up for Fred while he's out. And Of course, Saturday morning, 9 a.m., breakfast with the boys, the Patterson Avenue Fanatics so be sure to check that out as well. If you miss any of them, you can get them on uh, all of the podcast networks. Everywhere you look, you can get them all. Don't forget the newsletter. Just go to eopsports.com, Sign up for the newsletter. Shows up in your uh, email box on Friday mornings and uh, covers what happened during the week. So check it out. Hey, before we
1: talk about what's going on next week, Let's get to that uh, NFL overtime thing before we forget. Um, I don't
0: We're know not how gonna you forget.
1: Okay, I don't know how you <laughs> feel about it. I'm okay with how they do the overtime during the regular season, but I think in the playoffs they have to make some sort of adjustment um, where both teams get the ball at least once. I know some people like Lewis like Reddick uh, tweeted, "Just play better defense." Yeah, well, you can't. I don't think that's fair. I mean, that Bills-Chiefs game was just so back and forth the last few minutes. It just doesn't seem fair that it really came down to who won the coin toss, I think, that who was going to win that game. So what
0: do you think? Do you think we need to change the playoff overtime rules? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the only thing Josh Allen did wrong all day is he picked tails. Exactly. That's it. You know, (laughs) uh, if, if the Bills would have gotten the ball, you almost want to think that they'd have driven down and scored again. You know, um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I like the way college football does it uh, by thinking the pros, maybe if you put the ball on the 50-yard line, yeah, you know, or something like that. Or you could only kick a field goal under certain circumstances. There's, there's something, you know, something to make them play the game and give both teams a chance to, to get the ball. Um, I, I don't know. I just – I I just didn't, uh, it it took away from the end of the game to me. And now, you know, they, they made some bonehead plays. You know, if you don't give up a a field goal with 13 seconds to go on regulation, you don't get the overtime, you know, so there's all kinds of things that go into it, but, uh, and Redick is right to some degree, but when it does get the overtime, I feel like every, both teams should have a chance.
1: Yeah. They probably should have done the squib kick. That would have taken a couple of more seconds off the clock. Uh, they certainly shouldn't have been playing so deep on those two pass plays right away. So something's got to change, though. I think both teams need to touch the ball.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I think <laughs> you hate to say this, but, yeah, and I don't I don't know, you know, but it's almost like you think, well, there's only 13 seconds. They can't score. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you kick it off. Okay, they, there's no time off the clock. There's still 13 seconds. They got to go all the way down the field here to kick a field goal. It's not going to happen. Well,
1: it did. Hey, I
0: heard somebody on the radio
1: today suggest this. What if the Bills' defense on, you know, each of those first two plays of the Chiefs ran, what if they just blatantly held Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey The refs, you know, would call the penalty. It's five yards, automatic first down. But it would also take a few seconds off the clock on each of those plays. There's no rules against that that I know of.
0: No. Well, it wouldn't be five yards. It would be a spot foul. You know, it it would be maybe, you know, wherever they held them. So it could be, you know, 12 yards or whatever. But, yeah, I get your point. And, yeah, I mean, they absolutely (laughs) could do that. You saw – what game did we see? Oh, it it was in the college game. It was in the Alabama Georgia game where that defensive back got beat and he tackled the guy. He tackled the guy without the ball because it was going to be a fifteen yard mm-hmm. penalty, and he was beat. He had slipped and and it was going to be a touchdown if they completed it. He tackled him. Ball was nowhere near him. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, and and it was it turned out to be a smart move. They got gave up a fifteen yard penalty, but he didn't give up the touchdown, which is exactly what I think you're you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully they will address this in the offseason and uh make some changes for the better. Absolutely. All right. Hey, speaking of the next week, we had a great guest tonight in Tom Moore, as always. And uh, so, who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio for show number three seventy six? Well, Bill, since the Flyers are setting records in ways that they would
1: rather not be, uh, we got to get to the bottom of their problems, and we have uh, we we have a guy who's going to help us figure out just why this season has gone so badly. This guy knows everything there is to know about the Flyers. He's been covering them forever, it seems. He is no longer with the Inquirer, despite what it says on there. He just took the buyout, but he is still covering the Orange and Black and writing about hockey. Now it is for Philly Hockey Now. That's what it's called, Philly Hockey Now. We will talk to Sam about his long career at the Inquirer, his
0: new gig, and, of course, about the Flyers. Absolutely all right good stuff uh let's take another quick break very quick and thank our friends of the ppcc 118 Raz room they post great sports memorabilia on their facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to all items come with certificates of authenticity they can continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the philly teams and more their small line razzes that give greater odds of you winning who doesn't like the win, Chet? Check out the Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Razroom. That's right. It's PPCC 118 Razroom on Facebook. Well, Chet, um, one thing I was going to throw out here, just because we have a minute, uh, this Joel Embiid MVP talk. Yeah. Okay, so (laughs) as as Tom said, it's about wins, right? Victories. So I'm just going to throw this out here for you to ponder. Oh, boy. All right? Here we go. Giannis and and Joel. All right? Joel, 29 points a game. Giannis, 28.6. Call it even. Rebounds. Joel, 10.8. Giannis, 11.3. We'll call it even uh assists joel 4.3 giannis 6 advantage giannis blocks 1.4 joel 1.5 giannis so we'll call that a wash so your mvp mr chesco write it down january 26 at 7:55 p.m. will be the winner of the conference whether it be milwaukee or whether it be philly
1: could be uh if they get Embiid some help i think the sixers will finish higher than the bucks to quote ray didinger who was on today the midday show as he is every wednesday i haven't seen anything quite like what joel is doing since wilt uh when you impress ray didinger that's that's good. So he's seeing it. We're all seeing it. You should watch the
0: games, Bill. You'd see it. Oh, I I, I, <laughs> I see it. I see it. But let's just not jump off the building yet. I OK, mean, you but you poo pooed the the clutch points
1: thing that I've thrown out on occasion. Yeah, put, put that in there. Who's good, getting more clutch points down the stretch? Well, Giannis to, or Joel Embiid. Well, I bet you it's Embiid by a long shot because he's do, number one. Do in the your league.
0: homework. Do your homework. I don't know Tell me some bring numbers. Don't make stuff I up. Tell me
1: the numbers. He's he's by far and away number one. I don't know
0: how far down the list and Tukopopo is. So, <laughs> mm, well, we'll see. We'll see. I have no problem with him winning, but they're going to have to win for him to win. Is what I'm saying. He's not well, going to well, finish. He's not going to finish fifth in the conference and win the MVP. No, they're, 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 gonna, in, they're, they're two gonna games to out win. of first right now. And oh, I know. Should, Chicago and in Indiana, they're going to drop down. I, I'm just seeing all this all this stuff, man. No, it's still early. It's still early. And he's got to stay healthy, too, and play. So That's right. And, like, uh, and like Tom said, it's about victories. And uh, that's going to be the difference. And hopefully the Sixers pull this thing off. They're playing great. Uh, got a long way to go. A couple other things.
1: Wayne go Gretzky, ahead. 61 today. The greatest. Wayne Gretzky celebrating a birthday. Eddie Van Halen gone a year and a half. Birthday number 67, had he been alive. Uh, Happy birthday, Eddie. Still playing the guitar in heaven, hopefully. And, Bill, this is not an official random chat, but, you know, I hear all these commercials for the Wendy's fries, the new Wendy's fries, so I had to try them last week. They're okay. They're a little better than they used to be, but they're still not as good as McDonald's. I'm sorry. Yeah, they got the little uh, sea salt flavor to them. I guess they were reasonably fresh, but as far as taste, no. I'm sorry. McDonald's is still ahead of the game with the fries. That's all.
0: Hey, hey I got to tell you something real quick. Uh, we have a McDonald's around the corner from us here. Yeah. You know how you have the big tall sign with the golden arches outside? And, yeah. You know, that's a, it's got McDonald's across the bottom. Mm-hmm. The one over here has McDelivery. Mm-hmm. There's a black band that says McDelivery. <laughs> like, where That's did the that come now. from? I don't know. They're lo- Oh, I didn't put that there. Uh,
1: everybody's delivering now, Bill, and they want to advertise it. So who the hell knows? Let's I wrap it know. up. I'm,
0: let's wrap We're talking food. Up. I'm hungry. Let's wrap yeah, it up. There you go. Uh, let's thank tonight's special guest, Tom Moore. Our sponsor is the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LifeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razz Room, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chet Chesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. And we're joining Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, February the 2nd, already, Chet, Amen. at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen through our website, Philly com, on blogtalkradio.com slash Philly Box Radio on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeart Radio, and all the others. So with that, Chet, hi hopes, Philadelphia sports fans and Let's go, Sixers.